This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. Speak of the devil, and he shall appear. And alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. Oh, that felt good. Uh, we're back, back in town. Last team by team preview of the preseason. This will be coming. I did out. notice I was left to last. Well, it was, did, well it's did, saving the best. Saving the best was, to last. That mate. was that was by your request, though. Uh, no, I think his request was his request was stop leave me alone, me and leave me yes. alone. <laughs> yeah, that that's probably it. <laughs> that sounds much more like me. Yes, it yes. Does. Uh, 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 I'm back again. And, and and I don't know how many times and again uh, in the future, um, at least at least several, you'd hope. But anyway, yeah. uh, if people haven't worked, if, if there are new listeners, Mitch is our former host, I had Broncos fan, <laughs> and here to talk all things. I, I wouldn't worry uh, about new listeners since I left, mate. I, I wouldn't worry. Okay, <laughs> but if there's any listeners remaining, hi, it's me. <laughs> I, I walked in. <laughs> you can come back for this one. I'll send you all the links personally, and then yeah. Feel free to do something better with your Tuesday next week. Yeah, cut him <laughs> off. Cut his mic. Um, all right. We're going to talk all things Brisbane Broncos. Uh, before we get into the bunch of the talking points, uh, some news has just broken. David Fafita is coming home, not to Canberra, Nick, <laughs> but, to, <laughs> but to Brisbane, according to a Courier-Mail story from like 20 minutes ago, that uh, the Broncos have joined the race to bring him home, Mitchell. Are you happy? Join the race to sign him or to bring him? Is everyone bringing him home? We're there's all a going race. Home. Yeah, no, the, you, there's an actual sack race. It doesn't. Between it club doesn't well, I do want to pull the reins on this a little bit. It says they're weighing up a dramatic 11th mm-hmm. hour bid. All also, 11th it's not the hour, hour bids, It's about um, hour two. Yeah, how yeah. is this the 11th hour? So yeah, many... I don't know. But all 11th hour bids are by their nature dramatic. Like you never say, mm-hmm. the Broncos are weighing up a calm and considered eleventh hour bid to bring Dave Fafita home. So I think it's one of those things. Now that the money's been freed up from Flegler and and mm-hmm. Bert Farnworth, mm-hmm. they're I think they're thinking about it. I think that's what this story says to me more than uh, you know Dave Fafita's coming well, if, home. Let's roll if, out the welcome mat again. If the Roosters get two hundred thousand dollars of dispensation for Angus Crichton, I think that puts them in the frame to land Dave Fafita on a multi contract. In the twelfth well. or the thirteenth hour, or yeah, yeah. A, a nonchalant 13th hour bid <laughs> from the Sydney Roosters to bring Dave Fafita in. Let's get the brass tax. Mitch, you want him back, don't you? Of course. I mean, obviously, uh, like with the departures of Herbie and, and Flegler, as I said, there's there's some cat space there. They also lost Keenan Paliasio. I'm not trying to invent fake cat space because often fans go, oh, we lost XYZ. All of a sudden we have all this left, which is not usually how it works. But Brisbane are in a situation this year now that like there's, they have nobody off contract this season now. Everyone's been signed up or signed up to leave pretty much of their top squad. And they probably are left with a bit of play money for next year. I don't know how real it would be. The article also does state that his management have reached out, which obviously they would if there's anything from Brisbane. Uh, but I think it'd be great to bring him back and we'll worry about the issue of too many back rowers in the future. Like They obviously still have Kurt Capewell next year, the last year of his deal. They'd have Jordan Ricky, they've Brendan Pierre still hasn't really got his chance. And if they brought Fafita home, that'd make four. But I think it's one of those things that you just figure it out. Like we, we already know what what we what most of us think of Jordan Ricky and Pierre Kuro can still be on the bench another year, or Kurt Capewell can work his way 
out of the starting side. But I'd, I'd love to have him back. It makes a bit of sense if, if they can get the numbers right. And it doesn't sound like wherever he's going to end up is going to be the, the bank breaker that he was to leave Brisbane in the first place. So if they can get him back for a decent contract, I think every fan would be happy. Or buy those weird ones on Facebook that think he's worth about $4.50. I did <laughs> want to say that. You can't discount the lunatic fringe who will say, well, you know, why should we have him back? Why don't we just have Jordan Ricky? He loves this club. Great cheekbones. Dave Fafita is useless. Ricky forever. There are more yeah. people than that like that than you think. No, there's a, a lot of those. I think there's a lot of them. I just choose to ignore <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, it's and, go ahead, Bungus. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... It's tough to see a guy that good leave um, at any point in his career, let alone when he's still so young. But to get him back when he's only, what, he'll only be 24 next year, 23? Um, that would be an incredible bit of business for Brisbane. And to to get to get him on less money, because somehow, even though I think he's actually played pretty well at the Titans, it's just a stink that won't wash off him. And maybe that's just Brisbane's plan going forward to sort of kill the market value of their own players and ship them off to the Titans for a couple of years get them unclean and then get them back for a discount. It yeah. Would, well, I mean, it, I don't think there's any argument to say the current ones left as well got overpaid in, in Flegler and Herbie. So that's kind mm. of a bit of a model on players like Brisbane anyway. It's one of those things like ever since Fafita left Brisbane and he hasn't had the happiest time of it at the Titans, like we all know that, there there was always a little bit of talk that he privately was saying that he wanted to to come back. You know, and I think there was even an offseason a couple of years ago where he like called, he put in a couple of calls in about the realities of of making it happen. So I think, given he does seem like a bit of a homebody, he doesn't really want to leave South Southeast Queensland. That's the vibe that I get off him anyway. Anytime the Broncos are uh, enter the bidding, I always think they're going to be in with a chance. And I kind of agree with you, Mitch. Like when there's a guy this talented, and you can get him on a pretty reasonable price, you should just get him and work the rest out later. Like. The best example of that, if they weren't getting someone, but he was already at the club, is when the Cowboys let Kalen Ponga go because they had Lachlan Coote. And instead mm. of just keeping the talent there and then sort of letting it all work itself out, they sort of stuck with some other plan that they'd set up. You know, sometimes you've got to break your plans. And the plan right now for Brisbane probably is for Piakura to take either Capewell's spot once he gets old or take over Ricky if Ricky doesn't improve. But if you can get someone like Fafita, you just have to do it. And mm. what happens next happens next, but it'll happen and you've got David Fafita. And that's like, even though he's been a frustrating player and he's not the player that we all thought he could be, he still can be that guy. And it's just better to have him than not. So why not go get him, bring him yeah, home? Yeah, he, he doesn't. Yeah, he gets, because he doesn't hit that ceiling we all, we all know he has as often as we like him. He gets an unfair rap on his general output. Like he's not like Anthony Milford. He's not a loafer, a social loafer who just has not got anywhere near his potential for a number of years. For feet is still good every week. And even I know it's preseason, but that trial last week against the Dolphins, you know, two good moments in that game still. And those are moments, things he did, like that kick that he, he loosely picked up, ran 60 and put JoJo over. And then, you know, 15 minutes later, over a long pass out to JoJo on the wing to get a quick double. It's like, yeah, those are what you pay for when you get for feeder. Those yeah, are things other back rowers can't do. That You've nailed it there. Things other back rowers can't do. There's a lot of good back rowers. And back rowers are a position that you can actually save a bit of money on if you're smart about how you get your guys. But there's no back rower in the competition that can do what Fafita does. you know. And if you can get unique guys like that, just do it. Just, mm-hmm. do it. just do it. Don't overthink this. Don't overthink yourself into a corner. So 
Yeah, you know what? Even though this story's only just come out now, my gut says that that they're going to get him. That he's not going to come home to Canberra. He's going to come Calling home to, to Brisbane. Oh. Yeah, I am. I am because, like, coming to Canberra, the big sell is like an environmental change, like mm. a big sea change, and you get away and you focus on your footy and all that. You know what's better than changing a lot? Not changing mm. at all. <laughs> so, so like, why just back up the freeway back to Brizzy? It it it, it seems it's just looking from the outside looking in. It yeah. seems to make a lot of sense well, for what we know if, about him as a player you, and a person. This isn't the this isn't the Dolphins podcast, but if you're the Dolphins, you've got to be monitoring the situation as well, right? I mean, he I mean, have he, they not been monitoring it? I don't know. <laughs> like, who knows what they're, they're they're not in the race, Mitchell, according to this story. So, according to this in the, internet in the, poll that me and Cambo just voted on, in the 15th, they're not one of the options. In the fifteenth or sixteenth, they could come in in the sixteenth hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they'll drop a bid. No worries. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm with you there, Campo. If he if he wanted to pull the trigger on on things on the table currently, he would have done that. And That's I'm right. not going to say he's going to end up in Brisbane, but I'm pretty confident if they want him, he'd be back in Brisbane. So if they want to sign him, he'd be back because the Titans are going to pay him a million year to keep him, and no one else is going to pay him that to take him. Even if he has a, a cracking season, it's because of that stink around that contract. He won't get that money. Mm. Yep, seems like a good situation for Brisbane. Um, you mentioned two other guys. Uh, somewhere in there, Tom Flegel and Hubert Farnsworth both leaving to go to the Dolphins. Uh, how do you feel about that? I think one of those, I mean, Flegel's a good player, but I think Farnsworth's the much bigger loss out of the two. How do you feel about that? I mean, they're both obviously losses and and you're always going to lose players of this caliber when you have so many of them, you know, and Brisbane have been, went into a spot for a while that they were losing everybody. And I know a lot of Broncos fans have now said they'd rather keep Herbie than Katoni, which may be, may be a fact, and I would probably be in the same basket. But that Katoni stag re-signing with Warren was really important. He was the first guy of that lot who would just flee in the club that didn't leave. Uh, he, he stayed, and guys have stayed since. But it did feel like when we got Herbie last year for one year, it was borrowed time. It felt weird that he didn't take Dolphins at that time, point in time, but the offer mustn't have been good enough. And... It sucks to lose him, but this is the nature of, of the NRL that you can't, or you can, but you'd be make cutting elsewhere. You can't heave a backline of that many stars together. And if you do, you mm-hmm. end up cutting corners elsewhere. And Brisbane, a couple of years ago, got into an issue where they just signed all the players and kept them all. And then they ended up losing Ben Hunt because it wasn't part of the plan. I was letting Ash Taylor go. And they spent, until Reynolds got there, they spent that entire time without a halfback because they spent the money elsewhere. And what I was really happy with in, in this scenario is that firstly, it's all resolved before round one of the season. But secondly, for both those players, the money for Fleg that they could have got there. But I'm glad there's a line in the sand they didn't get to. So the room is his like 800K and he's already on like 6650. And at least a bit of a bitter taste. That's a guy they've invested a lot of time in and money in. And whilst as a Brisbane fan, you'd feel like he owes you to pay that some of that money back if you get me performances over the years, Flegler. He wouldn't have that feeling. You know, he got offered a good deal. And so it's a good get for the Dolphins, but I think it's the right thing to let him go because for mine, his best role for the Broncos is where he was when they were winning last year, which is off the bench. And when they started losing, he, he was starting for some reason and he just stayed there. But that's his best role. And I think him leaving next year probably makes it easier to keep him off the bench this season. And they can't pay a 40-minute play 800K when they've got to keep they're paying, paying Haas and they've got to keep Carrigan as well. And then Herbie is a tough one, but every few years there's a couple of the guys who think they can move clubs to play fullback. And there's only so many fullback jerseys going around, but 
at this point in time, there's been an extra club and there's been two guys now being Crichton and Herbie Farnworth who have happened to fall into off contract at time with that jersey available who have been given for what money before earning it. So what can you do? Nothing you can do about it. It sucks, but we'll, we'll, you know, life goes on, we'll be fine. Like that's not, I don't think either is a backbreaking loss. I think both are in for a really good year. I think Herbie's in for a cracking year. But, you know, Dean Marin is there for next year. If not, like, I don't think Jesse Arthur will be there, but it'll probably be Mariner. And, you know, they did a good job not letting him go. Like, last year, the Dolphins had pretty much had him signed to deliver it, and they put their, their line in the sand with that. And if he was gone, I'd be worried. But now they have a guy to step up. And I know he's a nobody, but every player is always a nobody until they play. And I've already seen people say, oh, Mariner could be as good as Herbie and get laughed at. But that's a fact. Like Mariner at the age of 18 was considered a far better prospect than Herbie was. Two years ago, nobody knew who, even though he was playing first grade, cared how good Herbie was. Like Mariner will be just fine there, I think, in a year's time. And I think he'll get opportunities this year as a, the next drop. I hope he plays uh, this week and have Arthur's. He won't, but I hope he does. I'm with you. I'm with you on Flegler. He struck me as someone who got a bit comfortable at Brisbane. And that's mm. probably because he did, he got that money sort of before his performances had warranted it. Like it was a, mm. it's a, it's a shitload of cash. $650,000 a year for a front row sort of of his caliber. And like even last year, like you say, he was better off the bench. He couldn't beat out Corey Jensen for the starting spot, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think he could have ever progressed to the player that he can be at Brisbane because I think he was just a little bit too comfortable and that already given him, that already given him a lot, you know? And I know he's probably mm-hmm. on fairly decent money at, at the Finns, but I think there's more of a chance that, he then rises to the to the level there. So while it is frustrating because they did put a bit into him, I'm not that worried about that one. The thing, and I agree with you on Bert that you know there's always other centers and all that sort of thing. But taking aside how important it was when they re-signed Katoni Staggs, mm-hmm. Gundy ahead, who would you rather have as your big dog center well, the next five years? Staggs. Well, mate, or I, I, I said on the preview last season that I liked Herbie more than Staggs. And that was a you know an out there opinion at that point in time, but it's a commonly held one now. And I still prefer Herbie, even though Staggs is a much higher ceiling, is a better one-on-one footballer. I think Herbie's one of those guys, he's an all-round talented player. I think he's stronger all-round, but he also has some really unique skills. Like he's got that unique footwork. He's got a bit of an okay kicking game. Uh, we've seen his goal kicking when he has goal kicked. He's also better than Gatoni's. He's also a goal kicker, but I would have preferred to keep Herbie, obviously. In that situation, but you know, if the reported money is accurate, you know, if, if, good on him. You know, I can't feel so bitter. Obviously, I wish he was still at Brisbane, but I feel like we've lost so many players over the last five or six years of a, of a quality that losing Herbie hasn't really hurt me. You know, it's you know, we lost Fafita for Christ's sake. Mm. You know, we were yeah. talking about him earlier. We, you know, we've lost Ben Hunt. And at one point, the club had English signed, I didn't get him a long time ago, but yeah. lost Israel Falau. Like, Brisbane have lost a lot of talented players and Herbie just, you know, f- joins that queue. Yeah, so you're already dead inside. Yeah, not oh, really. That's right. No, that's good. I, I, that's right. I if think... you're emotionally dead, you never get hurt, kids. That's right. Yeah, but I, I do feel like he's in for a really good season and we saw how good he played at the World Cup, which is unfortunate, but that doesn't mean he's guaranteed to be a really good fullback and that's a risk the Dolphins are in a spot to take and one that I'm happy Brisbane didn't. And he, I think he's probably had a, even though he did re-sign for that one year, I think he probably had a foot out of the door pretty much since that when Tessie got that shot over him, hence any re-signed for one year. But like even over the last year when they've given someone else periods at fullback or at trials at fullback, it's been Selwyn. 
And the fact that they've been telling him he'll get a shot and he can't even get like a trial game there. Mm. I think he was already out the door. I'm just glad it's resolved before round one. Yeah, you don't want that hanging over your head um, oh. as we discussed with... Well, no, I mean, it's obviously it, not... It's not the, sick of it. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it's the type of story that never goes away because people click on them I mean, and Correct. You know, that's what drives engagement. And Wayne Bennett's at war with his old club because they've yeah. signed Tom Flegler and Hugh. And, and you watch like a press conference, and then like they get they get asked about that post game. You're like, you're kidding me. But that's exactly yeah. won't go. That's why I'm glad that's all. Or there's no re-signings to be done for next mm. year for Brisbane. So ticking all the boxes. That's good. Um. So last year was a bit weird. I mean, the 06 vibes were flying around the place. For a while, get your hoodies at rugbyleaguemerch.com. Um, but it really just fell apart at the end. I mean, Mitch, when we went to that Thursday night game at Parramatta Stadium and you put a score on the Eels, at that point, you, you couldn't have thought that the season would play out the way it did from that point onwards and you'd just crash out of the eight completely, right? And I guess what's I mean, going to change been on the record year? on here? So, <laughs> no, I don't think anything, I don't think we're going to crash out of the eight, but I do think that that is in the past for this playing roster. So, in terms of expectations for this year, is it 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 has is it top eight or bust this time around? May I think they can do better. Like, you know, this this year is um that's something I didn't think about when they added another Brisbane team. Is that there's two more games in Brisbane mm. for the Broncos, but with just the way this year's fallen and the way the the Women's World Cup has affected the draw, Brisbane for the first time in their history and probably the only time have almost a Sydney club's draw in the sense that they only leave Queens, they only leave that Queensland, uh, I think it's six times all season, yeah, which, right. you know, that's pretty good for Brisbane. Like, and, and some of those games they do leave, one of the games they leave Queensland for is to go to Darwin against the Eels, but they have some real nice stretches. They play in season. Sydney three times in the entire season. Yeah. Which sucks for me as a Broncos fan. Yeah. But like seeing them down here, it sucks because one of the games is is Penrith on Friday night. So how am I going to get there before kickoff? I don't know. But like they play here three times, but it's something that fans haven't really given much credence to in their preseason predictions. That mm. that's a real advantage for Brisbane. Like they they go round one, they'll go down to the Panthers this week, and then they don't leave Queensland until round eight, but they go to Darwin, then they're back in Queensland for two more games. Then Melbourne, then Queensland. But I'm saying essentially it's like the first 12 rounds of the season, they leave Queensland like twice. Yeah. And then there's there's, you know, the the away game against Manly at Magic Round is obviously at Brisbane. Yeah, the away game against top, yeah. Souths is on the Sunshine Coast. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And this was something you mentioned to me a couple of weeks ago. I did factor in when I did my prediction because I did look through their draw the other week when we were doing our ladders and just went, oh, oh, wow, they really don't have to travel much at all. And we know that there's a lot of factors that people debate about whether they do matter or not. But one sort of thing in the world of sports science that's been more or less settled is that the less you travel, the better it is for your team. And so not having to go very far a lot of the time is, I think, going to be a huge advantage for the Broncos. Uh, Campo, it you is. like to travel? <laughs> I love to travel. I And let's let's travel back to something Mitch said just a little bit earlier. Mitch, why are you so confident that that late collapse they had last year is behind them? Because it really was terrible. And I know we talk about how good they are at home and all that sort of thing. Four of their last six games were in Queensland and they lost all four of them. So, like, why are you so confident that that's going to stay in the past and the issues that sort of reared up there aren't going to come back? Because I thought the biggest issue in that... Yeah, but no, but the biggest issue in that run, right, was Kevy's inability to not even address the problem or even go towards fixing the problem. I thought it really showed his limitations as a coach. 
he's still there with those same limitations. So why are you so confident that that is totally behind them? I didn't. I thought it was going to linger a bit more. And I know this is nothing but vibe checks, but just from like preseason, but also the training footage and seeing some of the guys speak publicly, it does feel like for mine anyway, they've moved on a bit if you get me. like I think Reese Walsh have been a really good addition off the field, which I didn't anticipate coming from last year. But from what I've seen so far and heard, he's been really good for the boys off the field. And he's a bit of a social leader in that group and a good strong voice and a good trainer which I think has been good. But I also think some of the other guys that struggled in that patch into last year, you know, and we've seen, we've seen it before with, with young players, but for an example, it's like Selwyn Cobbo's first year, full year of first grade, plays origin, and is absolutely gassed by the end of the year. And then has, you know, the club has some problems with him, you know, getting to things on time and attending things and similar. And this is when you're, you're a sicko and you watch too much of your own club's content. I even saw that, you know, in the, the Broncos, sorry, preseason launch this year. You know, all the boys are talking about how much Selwyn has turned up to everything this year, for example. Like how everyone, oh, he's coming in, but he's a better professional. And I heard some of those things that the boys talking about that. And I think that those are kind of things that will make a bit of a difference to Brisbane if, if some of those players apply themselves a bit more. But I think Walsh will be a big difference purely because like they've had through the last, what, two or three years, even when the play well, there's always been one or two major holes in that team. One has been fullback and one's been hooker. One of those is resolved and that removes some of the, the, uh, the shuffling of the team list. And I think it's hit that point now that Brisbane, t- it kind of picks itself that side. There's a couple of things you can move around, but like Kevy's not going to be able to drop Ezra Mann for Tyson Gamble this year. <laughs> he's not going to, you know, we'll it's not going to happen. <laughs> like, you know, that's not going to happen, you know? And, Reese Walsh isn't going to lose his spot a random week for someone else. That's just not going to happen. So I'm, so I think a bit more confident when I look at the team. I think it's a bit more set than it was last year. And whilst they hit that really good patch in the middle of the season, and then I don't know why that they changed that team at the end of the year that it fell apart. Like we didn't go into last year knowing what our best team was. It's true, you know. And and what happened last year, it, it the end really did stink. I hated mm. it. It sucked. They shouldn't have happened. But they weren't supposed to be as good as they were anyway before that. And they were really good when they found what was right. But I think they've gone into a whole offseason knowing what their best side is, knowing where and training what their best side is. And they've had at training, they've had Pakes more time at nine, even though Billy will start there. They've had Reynolds when he's fit, Mam and Walsh, and that's been it. That's the guys. You know, and that I think that makes a big difference. And that you've got, you know, the right edge is Stags and Cobbo. The left edge is Herbie and Oates. Like them or not, Capo and Ricky are in their spots. It's the same 17, which hasn't been a thing for Brisbane in God knows how long. Like, truly, like, you, you go back and look at around one teams the last few years and think, geez, what, like, how was that their team in round one? But, you know, re- people forget Asako started round one for Brisbane last year at fullback. He was our fullback. Only lasted a game, but there was a real uncertainty in that side last year. And I don't think that's there now. That's why I think that's in the past for them, even though I do think there's the, Ability for this team to roll over, which has been there in the past. I just, I just think they're a bit more mature than they were, and maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe that's me being hopeful over all season, but I think it'll help that they get to play Suncorp four thousand times as well. Yeah. The, on the flip side of that is you, you want to hope that they get off to a reasonably fast start because whilst the lack of travel time is great, their last six rounds of the season are absolutely brutal. They play. The Rabbitohs, Roosters, Eels, Storm, Raiders, and Sharks. Like, that's six teams that all made the finals last year. That's a pretty tough way to end your season. Do you think there's enough wins in the middle of that season? So, even uh, if there is... You, you mean Storm, not Sharks? I said Storm. 
I think it's Sharks. Did I hit? Am I right? I'm sorry. I don't know. Anyway, they play six very good teams to finish the year. Do you think there is enough wins in the middle of the season so that even if there is a blip at the end again, it won't be quite as terminal as it was in 2022? I mean, I'm not like if you want your team to be good, and I think they are good. I'm not worried about playing the a lot of the good teams. The Brisbane have always played the good teams, even when they're bad, because that's Mm. they're a broadcast team. They always get the good teams. And I'm not afraid of any of them by the storm. The storm, I'm glad they put it at the end of the year. <laughs> I wish we got them. I wish we got them round one and round 27. That round 12 is terrible because I have Pappenhausen on day. He'll be back for the first game of the year that round. Book that in. And uh, they'll, they'll tower no, us no, up. No, 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 but... no. You know what you know will happen? Is he'll play the week beforehand and he'll come off the bench and play 20 minutes. Yeah. And they'll all be like, oh, I don't know. Is he the same? Is he the same? And then yeah. the Storm will play Brisbane and they'll beat Hat him Patrick, Ryan Pappenhausen. <laughs> like, they, like they always, always do. Yeah. But, I, think you know, the wor- before- I think the worst thing, the worst thing I've ever done to Mitch in our entire friendship was before that game last year where Melbourne put 60 oh, you on Brisbane. <laughs> I texted him 10 minutes before kickoff saying, Brizzy's got this. And I, I believed it too. I really thought that would get you did that like I don't check my phone during big Souths games, but after we lost the prelim last year as well, there was a message in one of our group chats where when Souths were 12 and up, you said, I've just put I've just put some money on Souths to win by 21 plus. And I was like, Okay, that was are... a lie. That was a lie. I didn't actually do that. That was revenge because you always say oh, the boys are home from here. <laughs> but I didn't read it until three hours after the game, stuff. so it didn't really work. But yeah, yeah. But the um, message the message to Mitch was from a good place. But... It's true. So, so Mitch, we did see two very different versions of the Broncos last year. So you're saying that the truth isn't really in the middle. It's closer towards the good Brisbane than the bad well, Brisbane. I think so. Like I do think, and it's been part of Kevy's philosophy anyway that they are definitely more a, a team that's based on vibes and being up and about more than they are based on tactical nows. And I think it is a real advantage. Like. The, they did have a massive run, obviously, in the, in the coronavirus time of playing at Suncorp weeks in a row. But they never get to play back-to-back-to-back games at home. They never really have been able to. But if you go through their history of the last 10 years, they they have a really good record in consecutive games at home. And very often they'll win. You know, if there's three on the trot, they'll win all three of them. Or the loss will be like a two-point loss to the Storm, which is a good loss for Brisbane winning against the Storm. Like They have a very good record in those clumps and they have a lot of those clumps this year but even for that back end of the year stretch you're you're talking about what i really like about it is that before that stretch starts origins obviously on but in round 15 they play the knights and they get the week off they play that at suncorp round 17 they play the titans at suncorp and then they play the dolphins at the gabba and then they get the week off again and at the week off before they go to belmore so they get to travel down to sydney and get ready for that week and then yeah there's a strong string of games that it's really tough Hmm. Rabbitohs, but it's not. It's a Rabbitohs home game at Sunshine Coast. Like, obviously, they're a great team, but I'd much rather play them. We're not playing them at, at ANZ this it's year. True. You, well, you don't have to go to ANZ at all until we the grand yeah. final. So that's, that's great. It. And then we, we both those two teams, the Rabbitohs and the Roosters, the Brisbane have been pretty good against them in the last few years. Even through their bad years, they had, mm. they had wins over those teams. Townsville with Cowboys, yeah. Who knows? And then the Eels have, have given us a couple of shellackings. But, you know, then a week off again, and they go down to Canberra. And yes, Canberra, I think, will be a good side as well. But again, they go in there with that buy advantage. And they've got to get through. You know, I'm hoping to get to that period and not really need to win any games to make the final. I think they'll be set in the eight and then have... win a couple. Like, I really think they're a top six team and, you know, even a top mm. four chance. And people will mm. laugh at that. But every year there's a top four team that wasn't in the eight from the year before. Go look at it. Almost every year that happens. Yeah. 
there's, there's, there's no reason why it can't be this team. No, of course not. And they, they they showed last year in various games that they could hang with the big boys. Mm-hmm. Reese Walsh is a fantastic signing. They've got their lineup settled. That you mentioned all that contract dramas behind them, and that especially with that sort of crowd up there, where they are one, well, not a one team town anymore, but for all intents and purposes, a one team town. They drive so much coverage by doing that shit. And if it's just gone because there's nothing that they can talk about. Then yeah, mm-hmm. they, they can just concentrate. Kevy can't tinker and play Tyson gambles. You said there are a lot of good things to be excited about. Reese Walsh, you mentioned a couple of times, but um, what are you expecting from him in general? You mentioned his off-field influence being a lot bigger than you've you had anticipated. So what what will we see from Reese Walsh this year? I'm hoping less mistakes because <laughs> that's obviously that's one thing that that our back three will have it has in them. Those three, Cobo, Walsh, and, and Oates, is a lot of mistakes and. The big issue for Brisbane over the last couple of years, and especially last year, wasn't their ability to score points. It was the ability to hold on to the damn ball. Like they had a massive possession and field position issue. Anytime they got down the other end, they, they scored points. But they invited teams on their line often and asked themselves to do an, have an uphill battle. And I'd like to see him and Selwyn respect possession a bit more down their own end. And I've, again, heard Reese Walsh have some quotes about how... um. He knew he got he got ahead of himself last year and thought he's better than he was and took more risks when he was playing. So hopefully he's be, he's better in that regard this year for us. But you know, it really just all I want from a fullback at this point has been so poor since Darius's last good year is like effort. That's all I want. It's so bad when you get to that point. But it's like you know, I don't want to see my fullback when the team puts a grubber in, standing still and watching it. You know, and I don't care if Reese Walsh gets there one on one and gets run over because he got there and made an, an attempt. But I think that's he'll what he'll really bring to that outside of effort is also bring another playmaking option, another kicking option, and he won't make Reynolds' job easier. It's not about making Reynolds' job easier. He'll make Ezra Mam's life easier, and that's what I want to see from him mostly. And there's going to be games when Reynolds misses this year because that's just baked into his his fitness and age. And I think him being on the side in those games is going to be a big plus for Brisbane because. Ezra wasn't ready and probably still isn't ready to step up and really steer a team around when Reynolds misses. But we've seen that Reese Walsh isn't afraid of that responsibility when he's at the Warriors, not afraid of it in preseason this year, doing a lot more kicking. And uh, I think in those games, he'll be the guy we look to. And he does look like a real leader for them. And it sucks he's not playing on Friday. He tried to wear like a baseball style headgear thing if you saw that hybrid. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to play, but I guess they're being conservative. But I wish he was playing on Friday. But if he's there for the homestand, yeah. we could really start the year well. You're speaking my language on Welsh. Like if anyone's listened to yeah. the last season Warriors preview one. that we did yeah. earlier this week, um, I said, well, I think Welsh is in with a chance to to win the Dalian. That's how high my expectations are for him for this mm-hmm. year because of all the reasons Mitch talked about because he's so capable as a creator and a runner and all that. It's an it's an interesting point you bring up about the errors because I actually wouldn't be surprised if that continues because I think the way that Kevy's going to coach him is to try and empower him and say, Reese, you do what you want out there. You back your skills, you back your ability. Mm-hmm. And I've no doubt Welsh is going to do that and it's going to work more times than it doesn't. But when you play that way, there's, there's going to be a lot of errors. Mm-hmm. So I, I can definitely see Brisbane's attack settling into sort of like a high risk, high reward type uh, pattern for this year. But on the whole, I'm really excited by the idea of him and Reynolds and Mam all combining. I think there's enough playmaking ability in there for them to really complement yeah. each other. And I think Mam and Walsh are so dangerous as runners. I would really like to see them combine down the left edge as much as possible. I think from memory, I think Walsh mainly goes down the left. I don't know. I didn't watch the Warriors. Didn't watch a heap of Warriors tape this preseason, guys. <laughs> don't crucify me. Don't crucify me for, for it. 
But I like the idea of those two linking up. They've got a really good ball runner there in um, Bert, in Bert Farnworth. Oates had a great season last year. I thought it was his best season in first grade. So that entire side shapes as a really mm. dangerous weapon for the Broncos. You know what I mean? And I do want to circle back a little bit to what you said about how settled the team is going to be. Because mm. I felt like last year, Kevy had too many answers. And mm-hmm. too many answers are the same as no answers at all. So as long as they can keep that best team all together and they can all really start to learn how each other plays and and all of that and link up as much as they can, particularly in that spine. I'm, I'm kind of with Mitch. I'm, I'm, I have very high expectations for the Broncos this year. I I can't stop thinking about that finish to last year. Like, Mitch, I just can't mm-hmm. share your confidence that they've left it behind them, even though the signs are good. But I, I, I do agree that Brisbane fans should be excited about this one because, like, we talk about rebuilds, right? And, re- and like, the word rebuild sort of is a, it's a bit of a dirty word at this point because – some clubs are just perpetually rebuilding. But if you look at what Brisbane mm-hmm. are doing, there was a a real step forward from 2021 to 2022. And then the next step forward to 2023 should be making the finals. If that's not this team's goal, making the finals mm-hmm. in pretty good fashion, then they're just kidding themselves, I'd reckon. Yeah, no, 100% with you there on that, mate. And with the Walsh passing, he he's both sides kind of guy. So yeah. he popped a lot of his longer passes actually on that right-hand side for the Warriors, which is not bad for us. He's a left-footed kicker. So I don't know if he's left-footed passer, left-handed passer, sorry, but that would be an advantage. He can go long. He can go play. long both sides though. And that might seem basic, but it's actually a pretty rare skill for a lot of fullbacks. Like part of the reason Scott Drinkwater was so effective last year is because mm-hmm. he can throw really nice spirals to his left and to his right. It just, it opens up a whole different world for you and like the diversity of Walsh's attack is something I'm really excited to see yeah 100% 100% with you on that mate and um, I know there'll still be mistakes and I don't there's a quality of errors thing I don't care about the bulk number it's more uh, the ones I can't stand are the dropping not competing for bomb mistakes like Selwyn has those in him mate when he just dropped like sometimes you'll see an average bomb go towards Selwyn and you're like he's not going to catch this the kick's too shit like he was, yeah. you know, he just dropped it. Just loses concentration. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but uh, those ones, kick defusal ones, or mistakes on tackle one on two down your end, I can't stand them. I don't care if he ends the year with 35 mistakes and 15 of them were throwing passes over the sideline, you know, mm. like in the other teams. And there's a different quality of those. So I'm okay with that. And you're right, there is still demons there that haven't fully been resolved last year. But I do think there's just this, I can't look past how good they've always been if they get center run at home, how they'll be a, they're a vibes-based team. And that I do think they made a few changes off the field as well that will help. And that's they brought like they brought in like Lee Breers, for example, came from England. And I don't not I'm not saying he's some well-beating coach. I've got no clue. But what he isn't is one of Kevy's mates or an old boy from Brisbane. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a different voice. You know, Matt Ballon got a promotion in that thing, that group. One of the Walter, other Walters boys got let go. It's um it's a bit of a change off the field, even though Kevy's still the the general. But I think there's just a few more different voices around there that might help their situation they're in. And I, when I looked at their team list this week, people blew up about Paik's bench and Flegler bench. But I was like, oh, this is what worked. He remembered what worked. Mm. That's good. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> like, yeah, because for some reason we forgot that last year. When they were really good last year, it was Paik's off the bench after 25 minutes for a long stint, Flegler off the bench, and that's when you said earlier, uh, Campo, how Flegler's been comfortable at Brisbane. Last year is when he was pushing himself because he was the only good forward on the field for some periods there. They take, he'd come on 
and Carrigan was hurt and Fl- pass would go off and Flegler had to step up and he was doing that. And I found when he went, went back starting, that went away. When he went back playing with those two, it was easy for him. And that's the other thing that's different this year. And you can't predict injury. And God, I can't believe I'm saying this either. But missing Pat Carrigan post-Origin was really bad for them last year. Oh, it was like, terrible. It was terrible. Like, you can look at that that Tigers game when Carrigan got it was suspended, wasn't it? He, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's really when everything fell apart because of how important he'd, he'd become to the entire team. And I think as well, like, I know we all talk about, oh, you know, Pat Carrigan, degree in psychology, mm. what a genius and all that sort of shit. But I do mm. think he was someone that the team got a lot of confidence from. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there was a mic'd up segment that he did, and I think it was in the Canberra game last year when a shitload of guys got injured and they they did really, really t- well to hold on, especially since Canberra were going for some real back alley stuff, trying to take guys out. And you could see how much, how the impact Carrigan has on the team, geeing guys mm-hmm. up and, you know, calming other guys down. And even though he's not the he's not the captain or anything like that, I think he is a real emotional leader mm-hmm. for the side. Yes. And that, that, that to me was the, that was when they sort of fell off the precipice last year when they lost him. Yeah. And I think after he has the big World Cup tour with Australia as well, I yeah. know he's a real hit on that tour. Well, I think he really the, grew as a player and as a person. So that's a bit another big one for him. The other guy that played his last game of 2022 in that Tigers lost campo was Corey Pakes. He didn't come back after that. It was the Jake Turpin and Billy Walters show for the rest of the season. Mitch, you've always been a Corey Pakes guy. There is no Jake Turpin there to eat into his minutes. That's one of those things you mentioned before. It's basically saving Kevy from being the tinker man that he loves to be. Um, Pakes is coming off the bench again in round one. Uh We've we said for a while that he's their best number nine. Are you expecting him to ever get that starting role? Or do you think it's better for him to keep coming off the bench after those 25 minutes for that big stint, which is what worked for them so well during that winning streak in the middle of the year last year? Well, it, it's not that I think he can't start. It's that if I have to pick those two as my hookers, that's how I yeah. use them. Yeah. I'd rather Pake start, obviously. And, and I do think there's a chance Blake Moser plays this year and plays towards the end of the year. I don't know when, but... I think there's a chance he plays first grade football this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a point of the season where you've got uh, Pakes and I and Moser 14 either. Uh, but I think with the if Billy has to be the not other nine slash utility, I'd much prefer he play the first 20-odd and Pakes come on because I think Pakes has a better impact. But I also think when Billy comes off the bench, he overplays his hand a lot. When he starts, he gets into, you know, he thinks he can hit forwards. It doesn't always work, but he gets into that grind and does okay and comes off when he start, comes off the bench it's when you've got Billy the 28 9 year old whatever it is a uh, hooker with no running game who's dummy and going to the short side on his own you know what are you doing mate <laughs> like this is not your team but yeah I'm uh, I'm hoping that's how that stays and Corey comes off the bench and you know we stay in that first 20 minutes we we win that forward battle hopefully with, with Haas and Carrigan and then Corey comes on and we take advantage of that that's mm. that's what obviously the ideal hope is, and that did work last year. You know, it's not something crazy to think history can repeat itself. No, it was it was it was absolutely a winning formula for them, which is why it was so frustrating that they went away mm-hmm. from it in the in those last few weeks. Um, you talked a little bit about Selwyn Cobo there. Um, how much how much better is he going to be? How much more sort of I don't know if responsible is the right word, but maybe mature is the right word. How much better is he going to be in in those sort of high leverage situations this year for, for the runs he's got on the board now after last year. Mate, I don't know if there's a better for Selwyn. Like I'm I'm happy with him just to be just got to take the, the good level with of the play bad. was yeah. well, I'm I'm happy for him to be the level of player he was last year when he was good. 
Mm. You just really want though the bad games to disappear. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm not looking for better from Selwyn because when he's on his game, I mean, there's a reason why he got into the Origin team and was in the Prime Minister's 13 with a shot of going to to the World Cup. Like he is on his day one of the better wingers going around. It's just I want to remove on his day from that sentence. You know, uh, and he's obviously going through something that the rest of us can't understand. That we we none of us are real country boys who are Indigenous guys moving to the city and all of a sudden becoming full-time athletes from being a part-time one like and, and being young fellow. We don't understand what he's going through. So I'm not going to act like I can't understand, but I'd, I'd like to to hope he gets more comfortable with the travel. And I do think he is one of the reasons why I think we'll go better because he wasn't good when we traveled last year and we don't travel as much. And that's why I factored, I factored that in, like that he, the guys like him will be more comfortable that they, he can go back home. You know, every week now he can he can uh, spend more time with his friends and family. And if things are going tough for him, he has a better support network when he's mm. in Brisbane. Whereas if they're going tough away, I mean, he asked for a week off last year, as, as we all know. Like, it, and and that's what I hope. I just hope that um, he is more comfortable in that in the team and and in himself. And that the, I think the footy will come with that, mate. Like, I'm not expecting to hit another level. I know player. We always want better from players, mm. but we've seen enough from Selwyn that if he can just get the few mistakes of his game and be a bit more comfortable in his skin on the footy field, that he will be one of the better wingers in the comp every week. Yeah. That's the thing with that because, right, because there's, yeah, you, you, there's always guys that, I don't know if peaking is the right word, but there's guys that they just come into first grade and they're already awesome. And we always expect progression to just keep going. But this guy played for Queensland. This guy scored some sick try. This guy's an incredible athlete. He doesn't need to get any better. He just needs to be more consistent. Sorry, Campo. You go. I, I just feel like last year he just got over his skis. Mm-hmm. A little bit. And yes. that's not through no fault of his own. It's just because he caught fire for about a month before Origin and everyone, and he got rushed into the team and all that. And because he is, you know, so physically compelling, everybody kind of just all let it happen. But when he played Origin last year, he played 19 first grade games. That's not very many. And even in, even to begin last year, he had some shockers. Like remember that first game mm. of the season against South? I think he had five errors, a couple of weeks Later against the Warriors when they lost and they the still Warriors. fucking won. Yeah, but against the Warriors, he had another shocker. It pretty much cost him the game. He had another five errors that day. You know what I mean? And that's that's fine. That's not a problem. That's what young players are going to do sometimes. But I think because he did play Origin and he did do pretty well and he had some great games and he scored some sick tries because he's got that sort of football in him. I think everyone and like everyone expected that that was going to be the norm, and that's just not how it goes for. For young guys, he's only played 25 first grade games. Like I know we say we don't look at development as linear, but he's he's barely scratching the surface of what he is and what he will mm-hmm. become. And even this whole year, he's probably only just, just going to start to figure out what he can actually do. He's still only 20, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I think that was the thing that was lost in in the, the Kevin Walters comments that he made. I think a lot of people just read them. And they didn't see him talking about it. When you see him talking about it, you just clear like, oh yeah, this is a, this is just a really, really young dude who doesn't quite understand how this whole game's played yet. You I, mean, know what I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Selwyn Cobo wouldn't know a good rugby league coach at this moment if they slapped him in the face. He yeah. wouldn't because he hasn't had like he yeah. has had one first grade coach. Yeah, so I I I think with Cobo, there are going to be games this year where things don't go his way and he makes a lot of mistakes and it's and the pressure's going to come on him because he is such a high 
profile player now. Like, I think if you look at that All-Stars game that he played a few weeks ago, that's a great microcosm for where he's at right now. First half, awful. Dropping a couple of sitters, cost him a few tries. Second half, scores an unbelievable hatchery, including one where he scoops up a loose ball and goes 95 metres or something like that. You know, so I think you're right, Mitch. It's just about sort of narrowing the gap between those two those two extremes. But I, I, I just don't know if he's going to be afforded the patience that a player like him clearly needs. You know, he probably yeah. will be at the club, but say he has three shockers in a row, you know, we know what we know what it's like when you're playing for Brisbane. We know that there's probably more outside pressure on you there than at any other club in the league because it is a one-team town and it's a big town and it's a rugby league town. So I would really like to see him have a strong have a strong start and just sort of try and get ahead of that, a little bit of that sort of stuff. Because I think he was so good last year that people sort of lost sight of this is a guy who's only just starting out. Yeah, 100%, mate. And I do think one of the great parts of the Walsh shining as well is that we talk about being settled. It stopped that speculation about him fullback, him moving, whatever. He's a winger. He'll play fullback when Walsh is out, but he's a winger. Just get on that wing, do your job, you know, and simplify his role. And you said there'll probably be some bad patches again this year. That's what you get with the, with the young player. But uh, you, the All-Stars game, I was really happy to see him bounce back. That's like the first yeah, game. Yeah, that's an important part had, of it. The first game I've seen him where he actually he had a few really bad mistakes in that game. And I thought, oh, here we go. He's going to have one of those games. But he had a fantastic second half. And that was really nice thing to see. And hopefully he he's like that this year. And I do think Walsh also being another young Indigenous boy might help in that regard. So I'm not trying to put too many things on Reese Walsh, obviously, either. But it is our big signing. And Brisbane don't really get to make many big signings. So there's some expectation there. But I think a lot of the things that we've, we've been saying, like Cobbo and his bad form happened. You know, Carrigan got injured. Uh, they dropped Corey Pakes for whatever reason. Ezra Mam got dropped in that run home. A lot of things went wrong, and they went wrong. There was a stack of cards that, that fell over at the end of that season last year. So all house of cards. There's speculation over Cobbo being the fullback. We, you know, we let Osaka moved on mid-season. Uh, Tessie knew wasn't happy. Tam, Murray Martin went fullback at work. He wasn't happy. A lot of that stuff's gone now, and the dust has settled. I know the same coaches there, and I'm not trying to put the same level of expectation on what happened. But I remember, and I put it on this podcast, but 2020 preseason, I was like, Penrith are going to be good this year. Like they just had an off season. They haven't had, they've had this quiet off season, you know, they did their business, not much changed. You know, Gus is gone. They've just gone in with the Mm. same squad. Everything's resolved. That's the feeling I had with Brisbane that they just, there's, there's no off field speculation left anymore. There's a bit of consistency off the field. The teams have got the best team they, they can have. They've got a good draw. It just feels like they're going to have a good year to me. And obviously, I am a biased Broncos fan, but I've mm-hmm. usually had to see through that. Like, I called them for the spoon when they had Seawold. Like, yeah, I, I think they're in for a really strong season. And if they don't have one, obviously, heads will roll eventually. But they really set up to start the season well enough again that it'd be all in their hands from, from midway, you'd think. I tell you yeah. what, we've given the fans a treat. Like it's he's not all the way back, but cocky Mitch, cocky Mitch isn't. He's not. He's not far yeah. from. He's not far away. Yeah. I don't reckon. Well, before uh, we do finish up with our uh, ladder predictions and all that, um, just with Walters, I mean, there's been so much talk about this new contract. He's apparently been offered. It's laden with clauses relative mm. to performance and all this stuff. Um, is he the guy? I mean, they are a vibes-based team under him, as we've said on the show for a year and a half now, but. Are, are these, with such a talented young roster, with Farnsworth leaving, with Flegler leaving, 
are they are they wasting and with Adam Reynolds getting a year older as well are they are they wasting this this really talented group of players right now or is he the right man for the job as far as the people that are available go I mean he was he was really lucky no matter how how you dice it to get through like in the last season just how wrong that all went mm-hmm. and how quickly it went wrong he was really lucky to make it through um and I'm not sure who the right man is for that Brisbane gig at the moment. The Walker brothers. And yeah, and maybe in a few weeks time, I, I, I stress out and lose it again. But I, with what we have now, I think Kevy he'll get his, his chance again this year and see how we go. And, you know, it's, it's not always about the individual coach getting that team across the line to win, to win a grand final or similar. We have seen guys who haven't had the best coaching careers win grand finals. It's about things coming together at the right right moments in time. And I'm not saying Brisbane are winning the grand final, but I think this year is a season that things could come together at the right time. And perhaps it's probably the best year on paper of Kevy, Kevy Walters' coaching career. Because, yeah, he is going to lose. Like, no matter what, he has a less talented roster next season. Like, even if we sign for feeder, he still lost Herbie, and Adam Reynolds has probably got half a hamstring left next year. <laughs> You know, that's probably going to be a thing. So this is, I reckon they're in a real good chance here, have a good shot at the stumps with yep. him there, with a decent staff around him, with those leaders we mentioned that I think make a difference, like Carrigan, like Walsh, like Reynolds, and with some other guys that we've already seen their best football. We just hope it comes together and, and we go from there. And, um, you know, the the, the, the clause-laden contract gives you the confidence, no, sorry, shows you the club's confidence in Kevy, but... People losing their minds over that again. Show me the one coach has gone into a season on their contract expiring. Yeah. That and doesn't it's, happen. It's also like, they're like, oh, he's got to win games for all these clauses together. It's like, well, yeah, if he doesn't win games and they give him a fully guaranteed, you same people on these same programs will be going, oh, why'd mm. they give him this fully guaranteed contract? So you can't win no matter what you do if you're the Broncos in any situation, really. Um, but He's yeah, done a good job of laying low this offseason, by the way. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, he they they came out the other side of the Cobo podcast thing pretty, like, I mean, relatively unscathed. I think the Adam Reynolds had some comments about it the other day, but that was about mm. it. Um, the team is pretty settled, Mitchy. Is there any young player that people might not know about that could be making an impact this year, or is it just going to be the same same dudes most for the most part, apart from Reese Walsh, the same dudes we saw last year? Well, the one thing I'd change to the 17, and people heard me speak about this player anyway, the one thing I would change, I'd like to have Brendan Piacura in there for Keenan Paliasia. And that's on a couple of levels, not just on my thoughts of Piacura as a talent, but I think that is a misstep that, that they've made in this side. And they know the players more than I do, but last year we saw the toll that full 80s had on Capewell and Ricky's bodies. And not every team really plays full 80 back rowers anymore. And some do, but... Those guys didn't finish the season in great shape. And I'd like to see Piakura on that on the bench to take 20 minutes off both of them. You know, if Ricky's gonna be the starting back rower, okay. But you know, let's do let's do something where he mm-hmm. takes loses 20 minutes to Piakura and so does Kurt Capewell. I'd like to see Brendan play because I think he's a really skilled player that's been quite unlucky. And um maybe his luck doesn't change and he stays unlucky, but I think he's one of those guys, once he actually gets in first grade, he won't lose his jersey with the performance, but there's him I've spoken about in the past. There's uh, Dean Mariner who debuted last year and didn't set the world on fire, but Broncos fans are now be watching all of his games closely considering he's likely to be the winger or a center next year if, if Herbie, well, when Herbie moves on and 
he's been named 18th man this week, so he's mustn't be close. So he mustn't be far away from you know being that next drop. I was disappointed to see him not start over Jesse Arthurs, but I do know coaches in round one always think about that. Like, let's just do the safe option round one. It's always like mm-hmm. that. So Mariner might be the guy. Say well, Walsh is back next week, and then in five weeks, Oates misses the game. I wouldn't be surprised if Mariner gets his shot then. Uh, and then the other one is uh, Ben Takura. Uh, he's another young forward at Brisbane. And another one fans will keep their eye on because not only they're losing Flegler next year, they're losing Pali Asia and Marty Tapao when he has a one-year deal. There will be minutes available for forwards. Uh, and they still have Kobe to come back, which is another bonus. God, they have so many forwards. But Takura is one of the really big, big, like tall uh, back row. Sorry, back row at currently. A rangy in the back row. But, you know, he's in that... Yep. He looks like a, a union second rower more than ah, he does okay. a rugby league prop. I'm not going to call him an Asofa Solomona type because I hate that stuff, but there I am anyway. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's there. And they still have Xavier Willison kicking about as well. The one weird thing at Brisbane right now is I know we said they have less subtle options, but they have ridiculous depth at the moment. When I look at the teams in round one, I looked across the competition mm. and I know Jesse Arthur's are starting for us, but Brisbane are a team that have Arthur's, Mariner, Hoyter, Pereira not in first grade. Then have Kobe Hethington injured currently. And even with him injured, Xavier Willison and Brendan Piacura not playing first grade. And they released TC Rabadi. Yeah. That is a lot of depth. And that depth won't last because we already lost some of it. It doesn't last. But I think that's another thing of why I think they'll have a good year this year because those guys can come in and do a job. And I'm looking at other teams now and seeing like, you know, Corey Allen something for the Roosters or... I didn't realize Shaq Mitchell was one injury away from playing for South and he might be good there, but you know, it's, you, you see those type of things and think, gee, it's not that bad at, at the Broncos outside of, you know, people fight about the nine Jersey, but they've got some options, which is, um, that is two time all-star Shaq Mitchell and state of origin hero, Corey yeah, Allen to you. So what's your, yeah, fucking uh, I do hope though. Uh, I do hope that one thing Kevy has loved for the last few years, he has, Always found a random Queensland Cup old man to play. And I do hope this year it's Jack Ahern. Oh, think, can you imagine? Can yeah. you imagine? It'd be the greatest That's day the of 2013 Campo's life if that was to happen. Mm. Like, Didn't have a lot that... on that year, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he played that trial, the first trial this year. And then Jock Madden played the other. And I was like, yeah, one of these guys looks like he could play one game of first grade next week. And it's not Jock. <laughs> you know? Um, well, I have got them finishing seventh on the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, Campo, yeah. uh, you only have one spot left on this thing I've been filling out, but are you going to stick to it? Yeah, well, I have to. I got them 10th, but it wouldn't shock me if they make the eight at yeah. all. Like, I've, mm-hmm. I've got them. I've got them. There's very five or much, six teams that we've I've got them very about. much in that mix of teams that can finish anywhere from about fifth to 12th or something yeah. like that. Um, I just, I find I find it hard to share your confidence about the issues from the back end of last year being totally mm-hmm. gone, even though, you know, a, like I, you know, I agree with you. Missing missing Carrigan through that stretch was bad. Changing the lineup in that stretch was bad. But Kevy is still there, and I'm worried that if they do hit a flat spot or a really rough patch, it could spiral down really, really quickly. That's honestly the only reason I didn't have him mm. in my head because I do think this is a squad that's got a lot of a lot of stuff going for it. So, Mitch, twenty two wins, twenty three wins. What are we What are we thinking here? Well, I'm no longer accountable for what I say on here, really. Like, and I'm not, <laughs> That's you know, true. Have, to, have we ever so, been accountable? No, but, you know, people can Both say Both the Cowboys have finished like last last year. Don't worry hey, about no, it. Hey, no, no, I was like 14th. That was all right. Oh, well, okay <laughs> then. 
it's a lofty well, smoke up the ladder. No, but you had the, uh, yeah, but you also had the Sharks missing. There. That, that's two of the top three teams right there. We were, we were so I had the Raiders wrong. in though, didn't I? Yeah, yeah baby. I? I remember okay. being called the Chuckle Brothers and uh, being <laughs> wrong. I remember. Okay. I was more right about the Sharks than you were about the Raiders. God damn. Chuckle, bro- Chuckle Brothers I, getting uh, revenge at last. That's it. Uh, that's it. Uh, anyway, it I have them. I have the Broncos fourth. There you go. Who do you have winning the? Who is in your? We haven't asked any other guests this, but who are who is in your grand final this year? I haven't really. See, I don't, I'm not in the take game anymore. Hey, this is good. Oh come on! No one ever truly leaves. No one ever truly game, man. No, I didn't leave the game. I was saying I haven't done I was... like the. I realized <laughs> yesterday I haven't done the prep. Like you know, every no. year I have like people ask me things. I have my answers because I've done it. I yeah, haven't yeah, done yeah, that yeah. now. So well, I could it, have a different grand final every day of the week, but I'm going to say Brisbane beat South 40 to 2. There yep, you go. To 2. <laughs> South's going to be up yeah. South's going to be up 2-0 or is it going to be a tactical 2 on half time when they're down 18? It's going to be they're going to be down 18 nil at half time. Penalty though. at well, 39 penalty 40, 41 yeah. and yeah, take yeah, 2. Yeah, they're 40 meters out like fuck, we'll just take the 2 and go back, you know. I think being held to 2 <laughs> is more embarrassing. It is definitely worse. Being held to if nil, you because the... if you kick the penalty goal that means there was some part of you at some point that thought, you know what, we're going to fucking win this game. Yeah, we've got to get on the board and I consolidate. Have, I early two thousand South, that was a classic of the genre. We'd take the two to go up two 0 and then oh, lose God. like thirty six to two. It was fucking oh, great. Dis- hey, by the way, I looked this up mid show when we were talking about the draw. Do you know the last top level rugby league game that was played at the Gabba? Do either of you know this? No, I didn't know there'd ever uh, been footy played there. No, so according to Rugby League Project, oh, there's a bunch of BRL games played there in like the 1900s and so on. But according to Rugby League Project, the last game there was the Lions World Cup Tour of 1968 and Queensland Firsts lost to Great Britain, 33 to 18. Yeah, so there hasn't been like an NRL game there. So... No, never an NRL. And then the yeah, last yeah. B- the last BRL game was 1957 Grand Final, Fortitude Valley. Beat past yeah. Christian Brothers, eighteen seventeen. Die to be brothers, man. No love lost yeah, there. From there, I was like, have I forgotten an NRL game at the Gabba? But no, I have no, not. No, because I was, I like, I was I also I like, I didn't bother. I thought we were talking. I didn't want to disrupt the flow, so I just looked it up mm. while we were talking because I was, I was curious, but I couldn't remember one either. And I guess that is why, because there has not been a game yeah. there of any kind since nineteen sixty eight, and there's not been a Brisbane rugby league game there since nineteen fifty seven. So, what about you throwing but, a little morsel to the to Mitch's Queensland Cup freaks? That's really nice to see. That's good. Yeah, but, yeah. You, 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 you at home though. Go again. go look at your draws and look at Brisbane's after this, and you might change your mind on how you think they'll go because you go. Well, I mean, at, no, it's not that soft draw thing. Not old, saying you, but like people talk about soft draws. Non-broadcast Campton over here, they've got a soft as shit draw. They're going to be fine. It's, oh yeah, it's, I know. But it's saying other people look at really them. Really, I said I wouldn't be surprised if they make the draw yeah. during the women's no, world cup. You're non-broadcast, to... Campton. Your beloved Raiders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've got a soft um, draw. But, but yeah, you're right. Dude. Souths, the Souths have a chaotic draw. draw. It's wild. Yeah, against the Broncos one. And go check the this, this like, fuck, If they don't, don't make the eight this year, they might have to burn the whole club down. Not even just sack Kevy. Yeah, I mean, look, ours is fucked. If we if we weren't like if we were like a team that I thought was going to be in like six to eight, our draw would probably be enough for me to like pick us to miss the eight because there's like a ridiculous stretch of time where they just don't play in Sydney at all. So if a team we don't yeah. like wins the comp this year, can we say it doesn't count? Like the NBA bubble title, we, like how people say that doesn't count. count? There, there is seriously. There's a six round stretch. South play by. Sunshine Coast, mm-hmm. Tamworth, Perth, Cairns, Newcastle, another bye. Exactly. <laughs> what the fuck yes, is did. that? Yeah, that's why I said look, and then look at the Broncos one, and that's why yep. I, I know people talk about soft draw. I'm only looking at their like the location a lot more because yeah, like, you don't, don't know, know who's going to be good, but you do know that Cairns is not in Sydney. Exactly right. And I do know that they're <laughs> going to say that. I don't know by like like last year the part of the thing that turned soft about the Sharks draw is they just happened to play the other three good teams when they were resting players. 
It's like, yeah, that's just happened. Like they, well, they played the broken storm when they played the the Cowboys and the resting players and the Panthers and the resting players. Yeah, like South. I can't predict that. South don't play in Sydney from the eighth of July until September. Yeah, this is why you're all wrong and I'm right as usual. <laughs> I, agree, I agreed with you. I know, no, but everyone else listening who's been judging me this whole time, you go mm. have a look at your draw and your your mind will be changed. I thought you quit the take game. How do you know? If yeah, he's, he's, we pulled him not? back in very quickly. Oh man, uh, come on! You know what it was? We found his remote shack in the woods. We found his remote shack in the woods and he was chopping wood. We yeah, him and Aaron Rodgers doing quaaludes together. The one last was doing. Yeah. He looked at the yeah, guys. Yeah, what, took, what took you so long? I, f- I fired my last take, Doc. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've, done it. I've done it. One more. Load up Speaking that take cannon. <laughs> did you see? I'm not gonna. Did you see that graphic that SCN tweeted and Jimmy Smith had South no. as premiers, but also the South being the biggest sliders down the table. Now that's a takesman. That's a take. Now, that's They're a gonna takesman. slide from seventh to eighth and win the comp. Yeah. That's it. That mate, or, look, he's the master. Mate, I'm telling you. Yeah. What I also enjoyed the like, greatest. There wasn't much thought in it, but Maddie. Well, that one was like he had the dragon spoon, which is like a seven spot sl- slide, but also the eels are bigger sliders. So they're going to fall like to like well, eels are finishing 16th then. So there that's you go. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah. Oh, the take game. That's the take game. He's the king's take. He's the best. He's the greatest takes of our time. Yeah. The oh, Matt Morland of takes, some would say. Uh, Jimmy, if you're ta- listening, uh, you can no, come he, on whenever you want. He's a takesman's takesman. Mm. You know what I mean? There's people who've other been, there are, there are guys who are better. But no one has more respect. Mount yeah, Rushmore I, takesman in rugby league. Joel Kane, Jimmy, oh, Jimmy Smith. He's on there. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah absolutely. Who are two other takesmen? Well, what, about when they, what about when they were working together? When they were doing yeah, that was like, when that, that's just, when they were working together. That was the ESPN One Hot Summer documentary. No, just dude, that's, the, that's, the, that's the video. <laughs> of too many Kobe, takes. That's the video of Kobe and Shaq that does the rounds on Twitter sometimes. That's what that is. Holy shit! Oh, just two of the one. best ever. One Couldn't company can hold that many takes. No, but mate. the thing they is, can't. that's why this is what makes a good takes, right? Is those guys just say things about footy that are funny. They don't wait into like yeah. the, where some other guys get like way out there with like, oh, this the women get paid too much and all this shit. That's not yeah. their game. That's not their. No, bad. well, what I what I like about them is they'll just you know they'll say stuff and they're like, yeah, I think this might happen. Then if it doesn't, they go, well, well, I was wrong. I- that was it. That's how it goes. Yeah. Well, folks, when you're right, that's dumb. And he's like, yeah, it is kind of dumb, but <laughs> you're wrong forty eight percent of the time. They'll hit on uh, one of them one day, though. Like, okay. Shug will just nail one, like, absolute screamer from... It's not too late for Matt Mortal to be the next... Yeah. No, Matt, Matt Mortal. It's not Matt too late Mortal. for Matt Moylan to be the Steph Curry of the NRL. It's not too late. Is it too late for yeah. Tom Trevojevic to become an immortal? That's also definitely not too late. If they, <laughs> if Landis adds a three-point field goal, Matt Moylan could become the Steph Curry. We don't know. We'll never know. The, well, I don't think there is another two on that Rushmore yet, though. Those two, are, no. they're, they're, they're definitely on there, though. Because, yeah, like a lot of the time when you get rookie takes nominations, it's like for like dead shit saying dumb or offensive things. Whereas these are just funny, yeah. dumb things, which is great. If Fatty had takes, he'd be on there, but he hasn't That's got takes off, anymore. He just has stories. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing rookie about the head wobble. That's a, that's a That's better damn move. right. All right. We waffled on for long enough. This was by a distance the longest preview we did, which I don't think anyone will be shocked by. And I think everyone will be grateful for that, they miss you, Mitchell. As I said, I you can you can then but... unsubscribe tomorrow. Don't. <laughs> cut, it, cut him off. Cut, it, cut him off. All right, we're getting out of here. Say goodbye. Oh, you just sit on your own two feet, Bunga. Get them all to unsubscribe. <laughs> all eight hundred, eight thousand, whatever many there is. Get them all off. I didn't hear a word of that, but I'm sure it was offensive <laughs> to my character. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. Say goodbye, Campo. See you later, guys. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>